Hi, and welcome to a podcast from Hope Springs Church Coventry. For more, please find us on Facebook at Hope Springs Church or on Twitter, we're at Hope Springs Cobb. Thank you and enjoy. How you doing everyone? Um, welcome to this week's um, Exploring God episode. I'm doing this one from the kitchen because uh, this uh, episode has quite a lot to do with food. Um, but one thing I won't be doing is I won't be eating whilst on camera or recording um, because I think we can all agree um, it's incredibly annoying um, to hear people chew their food or to have to experience that. So I'm not going to do that um, to you all today. What I'm going to talk about though is my love of food. Now I absolutely love food. My ever increasing waistline um, probably testifies to the fact that I love food a, a little bit too much. Um, but one thing I, I don't love and I really do find an irritation is the sound of people chewing. Um, whether they do it really quietly or really loudly, that frustration and irritation that builds in me when I can hear someone chewing, that, that's not something um, I do love. And I remember hearing about um, this uh, condition called, just to get it right, um, misophonia, which is um, where it's a disorder where sufferers have a hatred of sounds such as eating, chewing, loud breathing or even repeated Pen clicks. Now, I remember when I heard that, I thought, do I, do I have that? Um, now, I'm pretty sure I don't. Um, and to be honest, that anyone who um, finds the sound of, 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 of chewing annoying is a pretty petty thing, and I, I feel free to judge me um, for that. Um, and even my own household is very split on this matter. Myself, obviously, and my, my eldest son, Zach, um, are very much on the same page. The fr- frustration we find at the noise of people chewing and eating. Um, my wife, Susie, and my youngest son, Levi, completely the other end of the spectrum. They're, they have to have this kind of immense patience to deal with our um, hypersensitivity uh, to, to the sound of people chewing, the sound of people eating. I mean, let's be honest, we kind of, it's not really fair, we're not letting people chew. Interestingly, growing up, this wasn't so much of an issue in my household. Now, that isn't necessarily because uh, they were particularly more understanding of this completely rational, completely valid pet peeve of mine. It was more to do with the different eating habits that existed in my household uh, as a kid. And uh, my sister, Claire, uh, was an incredibly slow eater. It took ages to eat her food. Um, and therefore, oftentimes, we'd have this situation where we'd get to the table, I'd have finished my food fairly quickly, um, and Claire hadn't even started yet. So there, therefore, I never had to endure the chewing or deal with the chewing of, of her growing up. Now, to be fair to Claire, who will probably be watching this, uh, she probably isn't really a slow eater. Um, she probably has a fairly normal pace of eating. Um, but compared to myself and my brother, um, who effectively inhale food when we eat it, um, she was was slow. Um, now, myself and my brother Dave are kind of fairly renowned for our ability to kind of devour food at a ridiculous um, pace. Um, in fact, it's known in more than one country how fast we eat food. Uh, so maybe we're internationally famous for that. I, I don't know. Um, but we would usually eat food incredibly quickly. Um, people are often commenting the fact that do we even chew our food before um, we digest it and get it eaten. Um, now, it, interestingly, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we do. Um, but one situation where this kind of probably was found to be true was when we went to the harvester. Me and Dave went out for lunch together. Uh, for those who don't know, the harvester is a kind of um, carvery restaurant where you can have your kind of choice of meat, beef ham, chicken, turkey, um, and then you can have as much side as you want. Now, for most people, that's probably 
a, a kind of nice addition to their meal, have a little cauliflower cheese, a little bit of broccoli, a little bit of roast potatoes, whatever it may be. Uh, for me and Dave, it's a challenging invitation to kind of try and fit as much food onto our plate as we possibly can. Um, so once we've kind of done that, we kind of fulfilled the first challenge of having uh, kind of mounds of food on our plate. Uh, the second challenge then was presented to try and consume this food in, in as quick a time as possible. Now, I'm incredibly fast when I eat, um, still to this day, very quick eating, um, but I am nowhere near as quick as my brother. The, I get a big L next to my name when it comes to, to eating food to compare to him. He he wins, he is fast, he is incredibly quick. Um, and again, in this case, in the Toby Carvery, um, won again, but by far and away, the kind of one that put the food away fastest. Um, and, and Now, the only downside of eating that quick is something that happened in this particular instance at Toby Carvery, and that was that as we were leaving the restaurant, had a really nice meal together, um, we were walking across the car park, and Dave started to sort of say he's feeling a bit sick, started to complain about a bit of a pain in his chest, and as we kind of examined it, we could see that just above his stomach was this kind of um, kind of lump, um, for want of a better expression, obviously concerning, alarming, um, but before our kind of alarm and concern could grow any further, Dave was sick. Now, for most of us, we, we've probably seen sick. It's probably not the thing we like to see the most. And most of the time when we see that sick, it's that kind of liquidy, mushy kind of substance with a bit of food here and there dotted around in it. Now, for Elton boys, sick is not like that. It's a very different kind of thing altogether. For Elton boys, there is a little bit of liquid, but it's predominantly made up of entire pieces of food. And that was what was the case in this particular incident with Dave. Dave didn't sick up the kind of mushy substance that most of us uh, would experience, or most of you perhaps would experience. Dave sicked up entire pieces of cauliflower, an entire pieces of broccoli, an entire roast potatoes. Um, and obviously felt much better after we'd done this, but again, it kind of just demonstrates that my household growing up was not a household where I had to concern myself with chewing. I had one uh, sibling who, who, who hadn't even started by the time I'd finished, and another sibling who, let's be honest, just didn't chew his food. Now, you're probably wondering why on earth I've spent probably the last five minutes going on about food and chewing. Um, and that's solely because I want us to get the fact that every single one of us watching this um, to understand the fact that this episode is all about chewing. It's entirely to do with that. Now, the reason I want us to get that, that this is about chewing today, is because we live in a world that is so fast-paced, so incredibly quick, that we can get whiplash just by existing. And there's so many um, statistics and bits of information. I'm not going to regurgitate all of those, and yes, that was a pun, um, to kind of explain it to you, regurgitate all the statistics that kind of show us how fast we're living. Because let's be honest, we can feel it. Whether we know all the statistics, we can feel the pace of life that we live at. And I want us to get today that this is all about us slowing down and chewing our food. Because when we chew our food, what happens and what common sense teaches and what the research teaches us is that it enables us to digest our food properly. That the saliva that does produce in our mouth when we chew our food breaks that food down and releases some of the um, kind of nutrients and goodness in that food so that we can grow and our bodies can be healthy and we can have the energy we need and all those kind of things. Um, and that, in actual fact, some of the breaking down of food only happens in our mouth. Our stomachs don't have the ability to do that. Hence, again, the importance of chewing our food. Now, I know I'm still, I'm still talking about food, um, but the reason for that is that the chewing food in our mouth it is the same idea and the same principle as the need to chew the scriptures in our mind. That God talks repeatedly through the Bible about this idea of chewing 
on the scriptures, chewing on the promises of God. The difference is that he perhaps doesn't use the word chew most of the time. He uses the word meditate. But we see this instruction, this encouragement, this exhortation time and time and time again to meditate on the law, to meditate on the Bible, to meditate on the promises, to, to kind of go over and chew over these things that God is teaching us and these things that God is showing us and these things that God is promising to us. And whilst the word might be different, actually, if we start to break down what the word meditate means, we start to see that actually it's much more similar to the word chew than we might have actually first believed. Now, the Hebrew word for meditate in most cases is the word hagar. um, And a kind of quick look at what that word means um, shows us this. That it's identified or defined as as to moan, to growl, to utter, to speak and to muse on. It is actually an onomatopoeic word that when spoken comes from the back of the throat and sounds like the growl or the the kind of almost roar of an animal with a bone or food, i.e. chewing. It's the same word that's used as meditating in some places that's used in Isaiah 31 verse 4 to describe a lion growling over his prey. It's almost like God's trying to create this picture of encouraging us to hunt down what he's got to say in his word, encouraging us to hunt down the promises, hunt down the scriptures, um, almost take them um, and kind of start to growl over them as we mutter them to ourselves, start to kind of um, chew on them and kind of uh, take the goodness that's in them and kind of almost say to ourselves that I'm going to get everything I can possibly get out of this um, particular bit of scripture or this particular promise. Now Joshua 1 is a really good example of this idea of meditation or chewing on the scriptures um, put into practice, put into a, a context of a real living person. Now, the context of Joshua 1 is that Joshua um, is just about to take over from Moses, the, the legend that is Moses, the one who led the people out of Egypt. Um, secondly, he's taking over, leading a group of people who are moaning and difficult to lead. Um, they've been wandering for 40 years, moaning for 40 years, and he's got to lead these these people and thirdly he's got to lead them into a place that's even more difficult a land that's filled with giants the promised land but that is hard to get to so you can kind of start to see that that Joshua's got a big task on his hand and and it's not too dissimilar from from things that we might face today the the kind of the stay-at-home parent who's got to kind of lead her family or his family through um through lockdown Um, or the kind of manager of a team at work who's got to just lead a group of people who just know best they just know best or maybe even the the kind of student who's embarked on the next stage of their kind of journey um, in a covid filled world that wherever we're coming from whoever we're surrounded by wherever we're going to um we're we're facing challenges we're facing difficulties that there's hard things that we're dealing with in a, in a similar way to what Joshua was dealing with difficult things. And therefore, it's really important we pay attention to God's instruction to Joshua because that instruction to Joshua is very relevant to us right now. You see, God's instruction to Joshua was a guidance to how he could navigate this tricky time, how he could navigate this difficult assignment, this difficult task that was set in front of him. And he says this in Joshua 1 verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but it, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You see, what God is saying to Joshua is to chew his food. He's telling him to, to stop 
and to meditate and think on what his promises, what the scriptures, what the word is saying. And the challenge we probably face more than maybe more than ever before is this kind of go, go, go culture that we live in because it never stops. It's constantly going and we try and fit our um, study of the Bible, our study of the scriptures and our meditation of the scriptures into that culture. And so we take our, our obligatory glance at our Bible in the morning and then we rush off to the thing we've got to do for the rest of the day. And we kind of, we leave that kind of meditation, that thinking and that, that chewing over what God is saying to us as something that we took a quick snack in the morning and then we've just got to go. And the challenge, I suppose, is if we continue to do this, if we continue to, to kind of um, have this kind of fast-paced engagement with the scriptures we're going to end up feeling more and more disappointed about what God's got planned for them and what God said to us because it's the same as seeing a plate of food on our kitchen table or our dining room table and thinking that if I can look at that food then I'm going to benefit from the new the nourishment and the, and the new, and nutrition that comes from that food and we all know that that's not true to benefit from the nourishment that comes from that food I've got to sit down and I've got to eat it and unfortunately from my point of view you've got to chew your food and therefore we start to benefit from the nourishment that that food brings to us. And God is encouraging us and asking us and instructing us or whatever word we want to put on that to stop, to slow down and start to chew our food. Start to meditate on the scriptures, to start to think about what they're saying. Now he gets that we are living busy lives. He understands that. His word to Joshua wasn't in some kind of cave in the middle of nowhere. It was in amongst people, leading people with things to do. And God gets we have lives that that require us to do things and jobs to go to and kids that just will not sleep or whatever it may be. He gets that. But his instruction is still the same. Slow down. Take some time and just meditate and chew on what I'm saying about you. Now, interestingly that it does require us to slow down, it does require us to stop. But when we jump back into the analogy of, of, of the lion, a lion will carry and move its prey from place to place. When it gets up and moves, it takes it with it. With it. And then almost they have this same idea that, yes, we need to stop, we need to slow down, we need to have these moments where we eat our meal, where we study and, and meditate on the scriptures. But actually, we can take it with us. That we can take that meditation with us as we drive our car, as we take our kids to school, as we put them to bed, as we sit on the toilet, um, as we're in an office, um, when we're going for a run, whatever it may be. We, we can take that prey with us. We can take that meditation with us in those places. And what God is going to start to enable him to do is he's going to enable us to start to see things that enable us to do what he's called us to do. I, I really believe something happens when we give time to this. When we give time to meditate on, chew on, think on, mutter to ourselves, talk to the people about what his word says. I believe as we give time to that, it allows God to show us things, to see things, to have those epiphany moments um, when the penny drops. We go, I can't believe I've never seen that before. That I also believe it gives God a chance to strengthen us, to nourish us, to, to kind of enable us to, to kind of be strong. That in our seeing and then our being able to do, it causes us to be able to start to live out what God has called us to live out. And of course there will be challenges and there will be difficulties on the way. There was challenges and difficulties for Joshua on the way too. But what it starts to do is it starts to help us to walk out what God's called us to walk out. Maybe, just maybe, this is one of the things that we could do that could change the way we experience what God is doing in our cities, in our neighbourhoods, in our homes, in our streets, 
And maybe all it takes is just to slow down and chew our food.